0: Hey guys, before we jump into this week's interview, I want to ask you, did you know that the Becoming Men podcast, the becomingmen.com, the Becoming Men blog, everything that we're doing is part of Made to Reign Ministries. We are a nonprofit ministry with a passion to encourage and empower a generation of men to change the world. Now, as I record this show today, this podcast has reached more than 30 countries, and we're only able to do that and pursue this mission because of men who are just like you, who have chosen to financially support us. Now, if you have been blessed by this ministry at all, I want to personally ask you guys to consider partnering with us. Now, all you have to do is head over to thebecomingmen.com, click on the donate tab at the top, and give as you feel led to give. That might be $1 a month, $5, $10, $20 a month, or maybe just a one time donation. Guys, whatever it is that you feel led to do, I want to thank you for your consideration and thank you in advance for your contribution. This is the Becoming Men Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast brought to you by TheBecomingMen.com. I am your host, Ray De La Nuez, and this is the podcast for men on their masculine journey. Guys, you have come to the right place. And today I'll be joined by strength and conditioning expert, Zach evanesha We are going to be talking about why it's important for men to be mentally strong and physically tough. That's right. I said that correct. Mentally strong and physically tough. Now, I have a feeling that you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. So we're going to just jump right into it. But hey, if you want to connect with me, I want to remind you, go ahead and connect with me on Instagram at Ray De La Nuez. Those links are going to be down below. Also, if you are new to this podcast, thank you for joining us. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you won't miss any future episodes. Let's go. Gentlemen, his name is Zach Evanesh. Zach, what's going on, my friend?
1: Ray, man. Great, great to chat, great to reconnect. It's been 10 years. I don't know. It's been Just, a while. Yeah, it's
0: been a decade, my friend. So here's <laughs> a crazy thing. I got I had Ryan Mickler uh, from Order a Man on the podcast. And I saw that you were on his podcast. And I'm like, hold on, I know this guy. This guy has changed my life. And so before I have you introduce yourself, I want my audience to understand what you have done for me as a young man. And so if there's one thing that I remember about my, you know, my time at 16, 17, 18 years old, it is hearing your voice inside my head just consistently pushing me on. And the crazy thing is, Zach, that even though I left your gym in 2010, I was in, Mar- in Marine Corps boot camp killing it because of the principles that you taught me. I was an NCO, surpassed all of my superiors. I was promoted to people who were like my sergeants, right? And I I was promoted with them and then above them. And I still had your voice inside of my head. You know, there was something about you taking me under your wing at the age of seventeen and saying, "Hey, come here, come train with me." You noticed that there was potential, maybe, and you said, "You know, I'm going to take a chance." In fact, I didn't. I couldn't even pay you, my friend. You told me to clean your bathrooms and your gym equipment, and that's how I got. I just got to you know hang out with you and do stuff in your gym. And you have completely, but just altered the course of my life, man. And and that again is not smoke up your butt. That is just reality.
1: What was always intriguing to me is you know whether it was you or other guys i was like man how come you know these two guys for example could train side by side for 4 years one guy goes on to just kill it dominate not just in athletics but whether it's academics career going into military getting a job after college whatever it is and then the other kid is like just kind of like he got good he didn't become great and i learned like it's it's the it's the mindset that that person has that allows them to connect with things that allows you to actually reap the rewards of stuff. And it could be the same as, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I went to a Tony Robbins event and there must've been over a thousand people in attendance. And I just remember certain people next to me, I could tell, you know, I was 20, I was a third year teacher. So I was like 25. There was people sent there from their company, from their work. And then there was me who took an entire two week paycheck to be there and i'm still applying lessons from that you know seminar 20 years later and so you know the credit goes to you for doing the work because i think you know guys like you are going to find a way you're going to find a way to get strong you're going to find a way to get tough and then there's a little bit of luck involved you and you know the the number of athletes got lucky that i was in that area because you know when there are certain luck factors in certain things you meet somebody um or you're in a certain location where you have proximity to something and so the underground strength gym did change a lot of lives it continues to but it doesn't change everybody's life because some people i say this all the time i go i go you don't want it <laughs> that's what i tell some people i go you don't want it and i've seen that from you've seen it in the military ironically where you know you're like damn dude we're in the marines like how the hell are you kind of not all the way in on this exactly. thing? Exactly. And uh, look, I've I've had guys tell me this same thing, like in uh, special forces units. They're like, "Dude, man, there's he's like, there's some fake people in this unit, believe it or not." And it's like, "How did they get there?" He's like, "He's like, some guys have the physical attributes, but mentally they don't have it." And so, you know, to me, when we talk about you you saying, "Hey, it changed my life," that to me is real training. Ray right? is training that transcends the gym walls because in my uh, in my early stages of when I opened the warehouse facility there was a guy at the gym next because we were right next to a commercial gym yeah I remember and so this guy was there I didn't I actually didn't recognize him but I remember anytime he'd converse with me he complained about everything but he was like the biggest dude in that gym he was jacked ripped I mean he looked like a monster Uh, But he was everything else outside of being able to move heavyweights. He was weak, like everything. He blamed everything. You know, he had, you know, uh, a divorce. So everything was his wife's fault. Uh, His health issues, everything was the government's fault or his work's fault. Like he was just blaming everyone. I remember it was like sucking the energy out of me. I was like, I got to stay away from this guy. But what hit me the most was, wow. Um, he could move the most weight in this gym, but outside of the gym, he's actually weak. He doesn't have the internal grit. He doesn't have, you know, the strong, he's got the strong body, but mentally and in life, he's going to get, he was going to get destroyed. I don't know what happened to the guy, but that to me was a, I don't know, like maybe that was supposed to happen, right? I was supposed to be there and hear that. And that certainly changed the way I looked at training. And that training always has to be a blend of that mental and physical. In fact, it has to go beyond the physical, like training that pushes you so hard that forces you to dig deep and and find out what you're capable of, push through, fall down, get back up. And so the training has to be tough to me in such a way that it changes your life forever. Right, like you're talking about the underground from ten years ago. um I'm still in touch with some of the guys that trained out of my house, so that would have been oh 0- oh three oh two eighteen years ago, and they talk about how it changed their life, and to me, all right, then we're doing things the right way, but it's never just me. It's always what is is the other person willing to do the work you know I'm not one to be like. I don't like taking credit for stuff. It's all the worker gets the credit.
0: I totally understand that. You are there facilitating this experience and you are there uh, guiding this experience. But yeah, it does have a lot to do with the individual, with the man or woman that's going to put themselves in that arena uh, and just go go into it in the fray and, and pursue that thing. Let's say I'm just a 25-year-old guy, right? Just... I'm quarter quarter life crisis, maybe. And I'm like, hey, I want to change something. I mean, in fact, in the Marine Corps and outside of the Marine Corps, a hundred percent of the guys that I know are not satisfied with their current state of health, whether that be um, mentally, physically or um, or spiritually. They want to grow. Not having somebody like you in their lives. How how do guys get started on that on that
1: path? We got to stop complicating things or waiting for perfection to fall in our lap. And now is a great example. Gyms are shut down. Um, I don't even know what it's like on some of the military bases. There's probably. Very limited. Yeah, super limited, you know, two to three people at a time schedule, you know, so everybody's now. It's like, all right, what are you made of? What can you do without the gym equipment, your training partners, you know, all of these things that were making it convenient for you? Do one thing because that's 100% more than zero. So it might be run down to the end of your block and run back. It might be doing 10 push-ups. Now you're 100% ahead of zero. And to me, there's a lot of power behind simplicity. You know, we could go back and talk about Herschel Walker just killing the hill sprints and the calisthenics, but also, you know, you're a Marine, and you guys and all the really elite military, they attack those calisthenics, you know, as do inmates who are, you know, limited in a lot of things. They're limited in space. They're limited with proper food. You know, they get a bunch of crappy food. But why do some of these guys come out of prison jacked and ripped? It's because they're putting in the work. They don't have the option of waiting for some fancy equipment to show up. And now with the gyms being closed, you know, I have two locations. I told our athletes, I'm not going to do a Zoom call where I coach you and I'm watching you. No, I'm going to give you the tools and I'm going to facilitate, like you said. So here's the workouts you could do. Here's bodyweight training for today. If you have weights, here's your other option. And then I started doing things like, here's how to make a sandbag. Now it's up to you to go and make it or go and cry that you can't go to Home Depot or some bull crap. You know, here's hey, go push your truck, go push your car. There's plenty of empty parking lots now. And so that's the style of training that I was doing since the early 2000s, not out of desperation, but it was because it was like necessity. That's what worked. We were training in my backyard. We cut down an old cherry tree that was dying. So we had athletes squatting tree logs, carrying tree logs. I threw a climbing rope over a high tree branch rope climbs, pushing the truck, sprinting hills. I mean these things work, but the tricky thing is they're friggin' hard. You ain't you're not sitting down or laying down to do the movement. And so where do people get started? You start with body weight. You start with the basics. And you got to you got to do something every day that gets you better. And and you're going to have those days where you're not motivated. Motivation Comes and goes. And, you know, it's played out now, you know, discipline over motivation, but it's played out because it is the truth. You have to do things that you may not feel like doing or even want to do. I remember the first uh, military book I read was the old uh, Rogue Warrior book. I read it when I was 18 in 1990. No, no, 1994. My bad, 94. And uh, I remember. Dick Marcinko said in the the book, like, uh, you don't have to like it, you just have to do it. And that was like a big theme he created, you know, they called it, that was the origins of Dev Group. And that stuck with me because that's a big wrestling thing, as you know. We don't like doing all of those things, but there are certain things you have to do if you want to win, if you want to get better. And some people don't want it, and that's when the people who are struggling with like, why don't I feel motivated? Well, I could just say you don't want it and leave it at that. Well, you've got to dig deeper and find out why. So most people, you know, you're a father, but most people, it's simple as this. You know, we look at the, you know, um, I can't do it, I've got too many minutes. We look at our phones And it's like your screensaver will always have your kids or something, someone most important to you. And so you have to think of the people that you like, it would break your heart if you let them down. And now you start having like a deeper meaning as to why you need to be strong. So, you know, when you're young, you're coming to me to train. You're wise. Like you're trying to be an all state wrestler. You're trying to be this dominant athlete, but now You're a father. Now you're a second lieutenant in the Marines. And now you have a deeper reason behind training. So for me, I don't train for the abs or the beach or any of that crap. I'm like, I legit train for life. And these, you know, certain experiences seven and a half years ago, you know, we live now in a little beach town. So when Hurricane Sandy hit, this beach town got destroyed. And there was some dangerous shit going on. <clears throat> you know, we didn't have power for 14 days. So we had the gas generator in the back. But then there was, you know, police put warnings out that like looters are stealing gas generators in the middle of the night. So it was like in the, I would uh, sh- I would go out like at uh, midnight or 11 p.m. and put the gas generator on to make sure we had heat in the house. My kids, you know, 10, seven, eight years ago, my kids were two and four, so they were babies, really. And then I'd kind of be like around 4 or 5 a.m., set the alarm, go out, go outside. No, I would carry, my bed, carry the generator back in the garage after midnight. But then by 4 or 5 a.m., the house cools down, go into the garage, carry that generator outside. The generator's like a large box filled with gas sloshing around. And I remember carrying it, and I was like, this is exactly why I train, so I don't have to... I wouldn't have to save my wife. I can't do that. I don't have the strength, my bad back, my bad this. To me, it was like I was ready to carry heavy shit and protect my house, protect my home and my family if something was to happen. Yeah. And so that was motivating me before, you know, I was training kind of for this life scenario before that Hurricane Sandy happened. I would leave like a heavy barbell in my garage and I would deadlift it a couple times a day. Two seventy-five, three twenty-five. I'd like do three reps in the morning, three reps in the afternoon, three reps in the evening, just so I could be strong without having to say, "Oh, I got to warm up." So I was like training in a way that was, and that's also a way that guys and girls in the military need to have some experience training. First responders, you know, you're you're a fireman, you're a policeman. You don't get to warm up when you have to go out on a call. Or, engage, or you got to start wrestling somebody. So your body has to get trained in certain ways where it's not perfect. So that might mean training when it's cold, training when it's very hot, training when it's raining, training, you know, without like the proper gear on to get your body and mind trained in these uncomfortable, unique scenarios. Yeah, yeah. And so I implement that stuff a lot with myself and even with, the, uh, even with the athletes, you know, um, I've been at two division one universities since, you know, working with you. I've been at Lehigh and Rutgers. And when I went to Lehigh, the first two weeks, I trained them outside on a field and <clears throat> no equipment. And I just wanted us to be tough. I wanted them to be ready for training outside of their normal environment. Let's say they go to Iowa to wrestle. And you're in a hostile environment. Maybe the gym is too hot. You're not used to the heat. So I never wanted them to be in shock from like this imperfect scenarios. And that's why I always trained athletes, not just in the gym, but even if it's wintertime, get outside, push the sled, then run back in, get outside, carry something, then come back in. That kind of training that blends mind and body, it has really proven that that's, that's powerful and effective.
0: That makes a lot of sense because I never remember going into your gym and being like, "Okay, today I'm going to do a very structured set of chest and then I'm going to do a set of this. I'm going to squat this way. We did all of those things. But it's like you would fill sandbags up and have me throw them over my shoulders. I'm rope climbing with my feet out. I'm doing this. I'm I'm climbing up against the I-beams in, you know, in your gym and moving sideways and all that. Those
1: videos are still up on my YouTube but it it developed a buddy of mine said, he goes, Zach, that style of training builds those in-between muscles. So yes. we did bench and squat and yes. we deadlifted. Those are great. You should do them, especially when you're younger right. and your body doesn't have the mileage on it. <clears throat> but then we do those sandbags, the odd objects, the rope climbing without the legs, climbing across the, the I-beams. And that stuff is very effective for somebody like yourself or, you know, you're training a platoon. It's like, they have to have strength in these strange, weird areas. And yeah, yeah, look, I didn't learn all that stuff on my own. I would like research what military was doing, you know, decades before some books I have are from the late 1800s, early and mid 1900s. And I would get like books from other countries. So I don't, obviously can't read the language, but I see the pictures of some of these books. So I had like military books from Germany and France and tr- and the training of their soldiers. And you see them training, uh, building their kind of like uh, jungle gyms and doing unique things. And so I would like, ex- I basically would experiment on you guys. And yeah. It was like, and we are these guys getting, right. Are these guys getting stronger, tougher? Are they winning? If they are, boom, we're doing the right stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I love how you said before uh, to just, for the guys who want to start, just do one thing because I feel like there's like a, a, a good amount of people who when they're trying to tackle a topic like health, and you know, fitness, they just don't even know where to start and they get so overwhelmed that they don't even get started. You know, it's like, I, I, they get to the gym and they maybe buy the subscription, you know, they make the resolution, but Hey, 80% of us ditch those resolutions by the time uh, Valentine's day comes around. So, I mean, yeah, I love how you just simplified that. Like, Hey, just do one thing and conquer that.
1: If I gave like a list of exercises for example, I have like a group of guys working with me. Some of them are entrepreneurs. Some of them are strength coaches. And one guy's an entrepreneur. He's in his 50s. And uh, I said, Steve, you're going to do two exercises for the next two weeks. You're going to do dumbbell farmer walks and you're going to do push-ups. And he has a nice size backyard. And he's got dumbbells up to 50 pounds. So I said, all you got to do is lift them up with a flat back, carry down, carry back. And then I want you to do five push-ups. Okay. When those five pushups get easy, we will do six, we will do seven. And he's doing pushups, you know, hands elevated on a bench. He's, he's got, he's overweight. So doing, you know, all these kind of things that you would see on Instagram, he would be like, I can't do that. So I gave him simple exercises things that you can't mess up on.
0: You know, I just want to point out something else that you had brought up before. You said that, uh, you know, the training that you do is for life. And, And I think as a young man, especially, you know, I'm trying to become a state champion in wrestling. And so, you know, for me, training was for wrestling. And then I'm trying to join the Marine Corps and do well there. So for me, the training was for the Marine Corps. But I mean, I just started to develop this mindset and this idea, kind of like with what you're saying, like, this is why so many guys who are special force uh, operators, they can come out with all these different life experiences and excel in life in different areas Is because yes, they were training for that thing, but all of that training really comes back into your life. It really, it really brings it back in. And I remember, you know, this just to kind of prove some of your points, I had trained one move in wrestling. Every single year for four years, we would do this weird cradle roll through. I won't even explain it, but we just always trained it. And I never, ever, ever used it, but we always did it. And one time in overtime, my coach yelled out, Cradle roll through and boom! I knew exactly what he was talking about. I did that move for four years. So many practices, so many hours, waste you know, spent on that on that uh, technique just to use it one time. And I was prepared for it. And I think maybe because we're such a culture of high return on investments, we want that return that we want to see the immediate return on the efforts that we're putting into something, and yeah. we don't hold on to the longevity uh, to the thinking that longevity is important here. That you know, down the road this might come up, and it's it might look like move. A generator. It might look like being able to protect your family in this way or that way. Uh, so, I mean, just talk to the, to the guy that might be a little discouraged that he doesn't see how all of this fits. Why does this matter? Why is this important to me? Why should I care?
1: Yeah, well, it goes back to first, number one, without your health, you have nothing. You know, if your health is deteriorating, it has a negative impact on everything, you know, what, not even just your lifespan, but it has a negative impact on your relationships has a negative impact on your energy level <clears throat> a negative impact on your ability to think clearly, to be sharp, um, and to really be elite, right? I'm assuming people listening don't want to be good or mediocre. And so there's really no such thing as me being completely out of shape and being elite mentally. It's just not, I'm not going to truly be at my best. And number two, Number two, you know, I always go back to what, you know, what's the deep-rooted meaning? And so for me, I have my why. I'm not going to push it on somebody else, but I have to be strong physically and mentally for my family. You know, during this, if my family sees me weak and breaking down mentally and emotionally, I can't lead my family. I can't tell my kids to do something great. They'll think I'm a fraud. Mm. They'll think I'm just full of crap. What do you? you, Hey, Daddy, what did you do? You quit every time things got tough. Boom. Or you don't even take care of yourself. Why are you telling me to go and exercise? Like that's so. You can't lead. And for me, everything is very like I'm 44 now. I look at everything very black and white. It's like, is this a benefit for my family or not? And I, if it's a benefit, boom, I do it. And so I'm highly motivated to really be able to support my family by being strong physically and mentally. And I think anybody in their mid twenties, like, look, 10 years goes so fast. You know, you saying you and I haven't seen each other for nine, 10 years, man, in nine, 10 years, I'm going to be in my mid fifth. I'm going to be a senior citizen. What the (laughs) hell bro. And so the days go by slow, but the years go by fast. That's right. And the longer you wait to take care of your health and strength, the harder. It gets yeah. to really advance. When you're young, you're, the truth is your body's more capable when you're younger. So you want to build a foundation. I'm 44. I see a lot of guys my age and slightly younger that looked, they look 10 years older than me. They don't even look young because they don't have that vitality. They don't have that vigor because if you ain't taking care of your body, your body starts to like, it shows. Okay. And also, You can handle life stress much better when you have physical strength, because physical strength always carries over to the mind. And there is no such thing as a stress-free life. Ain't no such thing, man.
0: Zach, we have this publication in the Marine Corps uh, called Marine Corps Doctrinal Publication 1. Uh, It's called Warfighting. Essentially, it's a little pamphlet. I don't have it with me. That tells you how the Marines do warfighting. And uh, I I just pulled something out from it today and it's so applicable to literally every single thing that you're saying and we didn't pre-coordinate this conversation, but I want to read it to you and then I want to get your thoughts on it and maybe some of the uh, essential mind shifts that guys, guys need to have to be able to get this inside of them. It reads, one essential means to overcome friction is the will. We prevail over friction through persistent strength of mind and spirit. While striving ourselves to overcome the effects of friction, we must also attempt at the same time to raise our enemy's friction to the level that weakens his ability to fight. And so this, this little section uh, of the Marine Corps doctrinal publication is literally just talking about, Hey, war is friction. There's constantly some pressure, whether it's mentally or physically, whether it's known or unknown expected, or just by chance, it's always making things difficult. And so what is, I want to hear, just, you know, take two minutes to describe what's that mindset shift mindset shift that guys need to have before they leave this conversation that's going to get them started on this path because it's easy to train your body, but the real challenge is training your mind and your spirit.
1: You know what? If I broke that down, I would, and I say this to everybody, comfort is the enemy. The more comfortable you get, the weaker you get. And that, you know, they're talking about when you're in war, you're trying to break the enemy. You're trying to break them mentally. Man, that's good. We can apply that to... I could apply that to business. You know, I'm a gym owner. There's gym owners everywhere. You know how many of them closed up shop right away and sold all their equipment? They gave up, they quit. Or they started announcing and posting on Instagram, keep paying your membership or this gym won't be here. And you know what I tell people? You don't gotta pay. I don't need anybody to save me. I'm not putting that onus on you. I took the responsibility to open this gym. And as an entrepreneur, listen, my buddy, Joe DeSena says this, he owns the uh, Spartan Race Company. He goes, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. That's that's the That's the only guarantee as a business owner. And so <clears throat> I don't want to rely on anybody else, even, oh, save me during this time. Everybody's going through a tough time now. I don't want you to have to save me. But because I've trained myself to be comfortable with, I hate, it's so played out, get comfortable being uncomfortable. But the more comfortable you get, you know, I say like you sit on that couch too much, you become the couch. Wow. You know, you just, you are the couch. Exactly. You become like this loaf, you know, soft thing. And so the the more comfortable or the more comfortable things you seek out, the weaker you become. You know, My buddy Joe says he starts his morning with a tough workout, 300 burpees or running or hot yoga or a tough circuit of calisthenics. He goes because then he set the tone for the day. He just went through something that that is really tough, and so now when a business deal falls through, or a business doesn't work, or he has to fire somebody, or somebody steals from him, he goes. I've already mentally and physically prepared. Like I, you know, I've strengthened, you know, my my skin, my mind, my body, ready for this crap that's going to happen, and. That's, you know, I I say like my wife will be like, we're going running. She's going to be like, you got to get dressed warmer. I'm like, Danielle, if I can't be cold for 15 minutes, like it's pathetic. I'm not going to dress warm. I want to be cold. I want to have some suck in my life because if it's all so perfect and smooth, that that will have no change in me. It will not make me stronger. And so people must remember listening or watching comfort is the enemy that doesn't mean never be comfortable never do good things for yourself but if you're always seeking comfort and you're always avoiding what's hard not good it will it will weaken you and break you down and limit what you're truly capable of doing you know that's training is all about breaking yourself down and rebuilding yourself into a stronger
0: human exactly Zach, that was an awesome piece of wisdom. I want all of the listeners, people who are watching, to be able to get connected with you. Where do they find you? How do they get connected? Where are you?
1: Uh, We got Strong Life Podcast on Apple Podcasts. And uh, I got a free training course newsletter. Go to zachstrength.com, Z-A-C-H strength.com. And then if they, you know, my last name's not the easiest to spell, but if they try typing in Zach Evanesh, like they'll come across my YouTube, my Instagram, all my social. And there's, I have so much free stuff for about 18 years, been on the internet. So they, you know, people who want to know, Hey, how do I start? I always tell them, start with my free training courses over at zackstrength.com Because if you can't do the stuff that's free, how are you going to, you know, show me that you could do it. And I always say it's free of money, right? It doesn't cost you going you gotta pay with time commitment energy the time to read it, the effort to put in the training. And so there's two free training courses they'll get when they sign up. And that's the way for people to get started.
0: Awesome. Gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and link everything down below. So if you want to go ahead and get connected with Zach on Instagram, YouTube, on his website, just go ahead and down below. You're going to go ahead and click on those things. Guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Becoming Men podcast. Until next time, continue to march.